Hi, welcome everyone to Mama Pang's Parenting Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, I appreciate the comments and um, emails that I've been receiving, so please keep them coming. And um, yeah, I thanks. <laughs> um, this has been great. I wanted to do a quick podcast on back to school, and I'm hopeful that I haven't missed everyone on this yet, that we're just gearing up for the start of a new school year. And I'm going to kind of give my typical um, teacher back to school concepts, but I want to, you know, plug in the parenting side of me. And I also want to plug in the fact that it's different this year. So let's start, let's start with that, right? Boy, is it different this year. Many, many schools and their children are finding out that that we're not going back. You know, it's a guaranteed six or eight weeks um, that we know our kids need to be doing e-learning. And um, damn it, it's hard, right? I mean, this is, we tried it in the spring and there were glitches and difficulties and, and, mom or dad or both felt the weight of the world, right? It's so damn hard. And it it is. There's just nothing else you can say. We are being asked to rise to the occasion that is unprecedented. And it's it's a little bit daunting. It's a little bit overwhelming or it's a lot of both. And I feel you. I feel what my parents around me that, that reach out to me. I, I hear them. I get that. Uh, I relate to my teacher friends that are reaching out. And damn it, this is hard. I, I hear from the kids that I've been able to talk with. How different and hard and frustrating and So I'm giving you permission. I hope you're giving yourself permission to feel all those feels because they're real and I get it. So there. You got that? All right. Now, we are we are going to do our best because this is happening and all that, those big feelings, all of those issues, they're not going to change the fact that it is what it is. This is how we're going to start school this year. If you need more support around this, please reach out. This is what I do. I'm a parenting support specialist. I'm here to help support you. I'm here to do all those things that I'm telling parents to do with their kids. I'm here to help hold those big emotions and to help you find your way and the tools that you need to get back on track. Um, But that said, we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about, okay, it is what it is. This is happening. 
So how are we going to deal with it? <laughs> and we are. We are tenacious. We have perseverance. We have grit. We have resilience. And we're going to share that with our kids and our friends and our coworkers and our spouses. And we're going to do this. So thinking about getting back to school, you have maybe a week, maybe two or three weeks before school starts. So you have time to jump in and start focusing on um, the changes that you're going to make so that you're going to help this school year, the whole year, not just this e-learning portion, but the whole year, we're going to help it go as smoothly as possible. So one of the things I always start with as a teacher and a parent is bedtime routines. And we need to start that slowly. You know, summer is delightful and it stays light out longer. And some of us choose to have a different bedtime for our kids in the summer months. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's your choice, that's fabulous. But let's not expect too much of our kids and let's not punish our kids for that choice that we made of allowing them to stay up later. The key is, as we're getting ready to go back to school and building a normal routine of timelines, we need to adjust bedtime. So if you have a couple weeks, that's ideal because you're going to have the ability to bump bedtime back by 15 minutes at a time instead of going from, hey, we were going to bed at 10 o'clock to now we're going to bed at 8.30, right? That instantaneous change is hard for kids to, to adapt to. It's hard for adults. So you have the ability to move it incrementally back and you have to adjust it to what you see fit. And you can look it up um, through any pediatric website on how much sleep kids need. And then hopefully you know your own kids and how much sleep they actually need. Um, you know, I laugh as an adult. I was waiting because, you know, as you get older, supposedly you don't need as much sleep. I find that to be very false. <laughs> I am an eight hour a night person. So I just function better if I get eight hours of sleep. So I know that about myself and I can, you know, guard my, my sleep time, but little kids don't know that about themselves. You as the adult hopefully do and are taking that into consideration. Um, so bedtimes, that's my first thing. Let's start adjusting it now and then let's have a school bedtime, like while school's in session. Yes, that includes e-learning. This is our bedtime. And you know, that's just helpful because hopefully the next step is to talk about routines. And I'm going to encourage, if possible, that you kind of enact not an identical routine time-wise in the mornings as going to school, but something similar so that when school does bounce back to in-person learning, that you don't have to make drastic changes to that routine to get you know, up on time in the morning and out the door on time in the morning. So you're adjusting to routines. So then let's have a set wake up time. And that needs to be dependent on what all needs to happen before the actual school day work day begins. So if it's, you know, your child's a little uh, slow motoring in the mornings, you know, 
adjust. You might need 15 or 20 extra minutes. Um, if your child's old enough and they've set their own alarm, have a routine of, I will come in and remind you to get up once. After that, it's on you. And that can mean that your teen understands that breakfast is on the table at 745. If you're running behind, it's up to you to get a breakfast. And our value is that we eat a breakfast or we eat something, you know, that that just helps perk our body up a little bit, whether it's protein, um, hopefully it's protein, and, you know, maybe that little bit of sugar. Mind the sugars, people. We don't need a lot of them. Um, but the brain, the brain operates on sugar. So we need um, complex carbohydrates. But anyway, enough on the feeding issue of what we eat, but keeping a routine. So bedtime routine, then we need a wake up time. We need a, you know, breakfast time. And then we need an expectation of when does our school day start? And ouch, sorry, you have a little leeway in there and that's fantastic because of e-learning. But having a set schedule is really important. So it might be something along the lines of instead of saying, you know, like if your normal school day would start at eight, but we're doing e-learning. So we're giving ourselves some leeway that it starts at 830 because for your job, you need to check in at the office at eight. Totally doable. Give them the reasoning, you know, and the understanding of why their school day now starts at 830. I think one of the other beautiful benefits of e-learning, and I do personally wish that high schools took this into account better, is we know that preteens, but especially teenagers, have a totally different circadian rhythm, right? They tend to want to be awake later, and it's not just a want. It's like their body is kind of programmed to do that, to be awake later, and therefore they want to sleep later in the day. Well, with e-learning, can you give that some credence at home? My vote is you probably can, and it would be really helpful. So if you've got that teenager and their, their rhythm is all to this, I'm up later doing my homework and whatever, and I want to sleep later, can you do that? Can you adjust? Because most of us are working from home as well as being teachers. So can you adjust the schedule that you get your you know, significant amount of work in from 8 to 10 while they're asleep? They're old enough they can get their own breakfast, get themselves up in the morning, and then they need to plug in around 1030 and get their schoolwork done. These are acceptable changes for now. I will say that if you do that and then school starts, it would be really helpful to make those normal adjustments of incrementally changing the bedtime issue, saying, you know, instead of going to bed at 11.30 or 12, you need to back that up and start going to bed at a reasonable hour. You know, 9.30 
is kind of quiet time so that by 10, hopefully you're ready to fall asleep. You make those adjustments um, when you know that the regular school day at school is about to start. But again, we have some leeway here, and I think you might benefit from that. The other piece of that, though, is to look at e-learning and figure out, you know, because in the spring, it was it was just dumped on teachers. Hey, maybe you've done this before. Maybe you haven't. But guess what? Everything's online. Good luck. Go. Um, I remember talking to so many teacher friends that were just like, oh, my heavens, I'm going to lose it because I'm doing full-time parenting at home and I'm trying to create all this e-learning. And, and they admit it was the best they could do at the time. I think for fall, I think a lot of the kinks have been worked out and it's going to look different. It's going to look uh, much more structured and that's something to consider too. So hopefully the school is sending you information and letting you know per class, if it's high school, what are the requirements? Do they have to check in? Is there an attendance form of checking in with each class? That could make a difference on when you allow them to get up and not, you know, to do their work. If the school is treating it like um, attendance in each class period, you know, you have to connect, then you're going to have to stick with that schedule. Um, but even the little kids, you know, what's their form of attendance? And then how much of the work is independent and how much of the work is, you know, you need to be tuned in and listening to a lecture, doing class participation. Each of those things is going to have its own, um, its own look and you'll have to get used to that. But hopefully the schools can let you know a little in advance. How does that look? What do you need to do? Um, what are our expectations? So it's okay if you haven't heard back from them yet. Um, you know, open the lines of communication, make sure they've got your current email address, make sure they've got a current phone number and reach out to them. Say, I'm just curious, do you have this information yet? They may or may not, but knowing that you are in need of it and aware and want it will help. You'll, you'll create that, you know, open form of communication. And then my last thing on back to school is nutrition. And, um, I'm not going to harp. <laughs> I'm just going to say that it does make a difference um, what we feed ourselves, what we feed our kids, and what we teach them to do. Um, so really looking at what does your child need in the morning to get them going and to fuel them up for the day. And that it really is, um, to some degree, a thing that a child will know or can learn about themselves. And yeah, there's always extremes, right? So the child that wakes up and says, I want Skittles for breakfast. No, <laughs> no, Skittles is not a food group. We're not having that. Um, and, and yes, I have met many a parent that says, well, but that's all they want. Well, okay. I mean, <laughs> I get that's what your child is telling you, but wants and needs are, are truly different and you still are the adult. And so you need to help them understand we don't choose Skittles for breakfast unless, I don't know, do you do that when you're camping or do you, <laughs> is there a special, Ooh, on your birthday, you can have Skittles for breakfast. 
but you, you are still the adult in charge. So you can say, you know, these are the things that we choose to eat for breakfast. And it doesn't have to be that you eat everything on your plate or, you know, you don't need that full bowl of fruit. Um, but, but, you know, we choose to have some oranges and you can have one or two slices, whatever your tummy tells you you're hungry for, right? Because overeating isn't a good idea either. We need to watch our sugar intake. Um, it's great fuel, right? You know, we all get that sugar buzz. Woohoo! Give me a Starbucks, people. He'll caffeine and sugar. But we also all have felt that that crash, right? When it wears off, doggone, doesn't it wear off fast? Um, and it's not sustaining, and and we don't always catch what's happening to our body until we're in the full fledged like well, now I'm just a grouchy rabbit and whatever. Um, on different podcasts, you may have heard me say that, you know, it was such an eye-opening thing to realize our daughter, her body processed proteins um, rather rapidly. And she was three, standing in the front yard, screaming like a little banshee. And I'm like, what in the world? And, you know, you look at it and you think, well, she's throwing a temper tantrum. She was in a way, but she also wasn't. It was really, honestly, that her body was screaming for more protein. And so we learn these things about our kids, but we really want to have a balanced protein diet. And we need to be eye-opened here in, in the U.S. especially because we think of proteins often as meats and we don't have to. There are many other proteins out there um, to look at. So find out what's important to you. Find out what kind of foods that you want to eat and when and kind of keep an eye on your nutrition through the school year. It's especially, oh heavens, if they're into sports and everything gets back on track, that's another one. It, It takes a lot of extra nutrition um, around sports and it's really tempting. Oh, we've got a game. I'm just going to grab, you know, whatever, ho-hos, Twinkies (laughs) and off to the game. And that's just not healthy. Um, so I'm going to encourage you to make some healthy choices around nutrition. Then I guess the last part here is some self-care. Um, you really need to set the example you need to look at as best you can how you are going to do this monumental task of teaching, helping them have a routine and an environment where they can do their e-learning and maintain your sanity, your job, your whatever you've got going on, okay? Whether you were a stay-at-home mom and you were just running the ship and that's so important or whether you're also a working mom or dad and still sailing this ship and doing all the teaching. Um, So ideas around that are to schedule in breaks, to schedule in, this is my work time and you're allowed to do X. Um, That's really helpful. I mean, you can be super productive for an hour and they can be doing something else or doing the learning that doesn't need you teaching. And then you can step in and help with the teaching part and then step back to 
Now you're going to do your independent work while I do my work. Um, so you need to be a, doing age appropriate things for them. You know, you're not going to send a first grader off to do independent work for two hours. Not going to happen. Um, you need to take care of your needs, right? You've got a job to do. Um, what are your needs around that? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you getting enough nutrition? Are you getting enough sleep? Um, you, you just have to do that. And then the last thing I'm going to share, I don't know, maybe something, some people might think this is not a good idea. I think it has merit or I wouldn't be sharing it. And you have to decide for yourself. So some of us can honestly say, you know what? I'm a terrible teacher. I am not in any way, shape or form going to be capable of teaching. And I might do more harm than good. Or I'm not the math teacher. I'm better as the English teacher, right? So being aware of that and then finding ways to compensate for those things. And this is where it might get controversial and you're going to have to, you're going to have to make this decision for yourself. Um, do you have a spouse or a significant other that you can tag team with. Okay. I'm going to teach math. You're going to teach language arts. I'm going to teach social studies. You're going to teach science. Fabulous. Tag team. Beautiful. Everybody knows their job. It works. Um, maybe you don't have that. And it's okay, in my opinion, to look at your other resources. So within your family, are there people that can do this. And this can be over the phone, over Zoom, to be that teacher to step in. So maybe, um, you know, you have an aunt or an uncle that maybe they're retired or their job is, is just much more flexible and they are willing, if you ask them, to be the teacher for math, ninth grade math right? They're more than happy to be that person. Um, I say it's controversial in the sense that I think some people may opt to do this in person and that's up to you. You've got to make those health choices and understand, you know, are you putting anybody at risk, um, with exposure? But I do think that it is really helpful. I also know of a couple people that have done this next idea and it's worked fantastic for them. They have divvied it up between um, the adult siblings and said, okay, for two weeks, the kids are going to come be here. So there's your two week quarantine. They're going to be at my house and we're going to do e-learning here for two weeks. And then all the kids are going to get in the car. We're going to go back to the other person's house and my kids are going to stay there for two weeks and we're going to do e-learning. These are unprecedented times. It's okay to think outside the box and come up with ways that this might work. People are saying too, you know, I don't have the luxury of relatives and I don't have, um, you know, that close knit capability and my relatives live too far away. 
to do this kid sharing sort of thing. And I get that. So the next piece would be to say, are there groups? Like, did you have a play group? Do you have a class group? Because I think it's okay if we are looking at all the safety measures possible, it's okay to branch out a little. So maybe it's one or two people create a teaching uh, circle and you're doing a lot of quarantining around that as far as exposure, but you're allowing for some flexibility within it too. And there, I, to me, you know, we have to look at these things that are optional um, to help us get through these times. So I hope I haven't rambled too much, too long here, but that's my back to school advice for this year. And um, if you have questions, thoughts, uh, please share them with me. I'd love to hear from you. The more listeners that reach out, um, I'm learning so much about what different needs are. And and I appreciate that because I want to hopefully be able to address them. So that's it. I wish everyone an amazing and productive 2020-21 school year. And um, be well, everyone.